playing booch ball. Booch. We playing booch ball. Hello and welcome back to Booch Ball, the only podcast on the internet talking kombucha and college sports. I'm your host, Alex, joined as always by my lovely co-host, Freed. How you doing over there, Freed? Can't complain for the first time in too long. The Miami Hurricanes are in the win column and you were there to witness it firsthand. How was Blacksburg? Blacksburg VA. Good. It was cool. It was, um, what I didn't realize is that it's, it was an additional four hour drive from DC. I drove from Brooklyn to DC, which was four hours and then hopped in a different car and then proceeded to drive another four ish hours to Blacksburg, Virginia, technically Christianburg, Virginia, and stayed at a real quality inn. That sounds not that quality lots of bergs out in virginia what's up with that like that little virginia west virginia pittsburgh area lots of bergs but not that many goldbergs definitely not that many christian bergs very christian very much christian uh it was cool unfortunately it was a 12 30 game uh but uh we still uh we still made it out to some to some tailgates we found frat row in Blacksburg, which uh, to me looked like a collection of low-income housing uh, apartments. Did you spread the gospel of Booch? Uh, no, but we did spread the gospel of the 24-rack of Yangling that we brought, just uh, just so that no frat boys got mad at us. We um, we ended up, we ran into a Miami kid who was a senior, and he was walking around in a plaid shirt that was buttoned over his Miami shirt because he was afraid and we were all just decked out in our Miami stuff. And he's like, yeah, I'm just you like, took him under I'm your wing. Get... <laughs> yeah, he's like, I'm afraid I'm going to get beat up. And we ended up like going to this fraternity. We got, we got denied at the door because we didn't have wristbands. And then we were just like standing around the sides and some benevolent Virginia Tech fraternity brother was like, yeah, what are you guys doing outside of there? We we're like, they told us we can't go in. He's like, nah, fuck that. Like, you're in. He's like, what are they going to do? Like, they're pledges. You're you're 29. <laughs> we're like, yeah, that's true. That's a great point, actually. What a guy. So we hung out with those guys. Oh, and on the way there, one, this was one of our favorite interactions where when we were trying to figure out where this fraternity was, um, they called it like Gold Club or something like that or like College Club, something like that. But we asked this like this good looking sorority girl who was with like a posse of her sorority friends. We're like, hey, excuse me, like, do you know which way it is to like the this gold club, whatever the fuck? That's always a good move. Yeah. And she was like, and she was like, oh yeah. Oh, so it's like right over, like, do you see that like house ball ball? And she like went on for like, she gave us like very detailed instructions of how to get there. And we we're like, oh wow, thank you. Like, thank you so much. Appreciate it. And then at the end, she just goes, fuck Miami. <laughs> We're like, yeah, gave you the goods before she really spoke her mind. Good good for her. So did you make it to the stadium for the introduction and enter Sandman? We did made it in for enter Sandman. I have to imagine enter Sandman hits differently at nighttime because the whole point of enter Sandman is that it's enter night. And then like, that's the whole thing. But yeah, it was, it was fairly tame. And perhaps that's why Miami jumped out to a 20 to nothing Lead. And I think that was a big key to the game for them. I mean, they, they had to start early. They did. They got the takeaway. They scored on their first drive. That was the first time they'd had a lead since the Southern Miss game. So that was big. Yeah. Uh, it was I nice mean, to have 
it was nice to watch another team beat themselves so that right. we didn't have to really do anything. And then like, how was the fourth quarter? How'd you feel? Did the crowd start to believe a little bit? Yes. The fourth quarter started to get a little dicey. Um, and it was, it was one of those things where I, I was, we were kind of like, really? We're like, we're not going to lose, right? Like <laughs> we're going to win. And so it just, it, it just became of like, we were still like, we never got to the point where we were like, oh shit. Like, but we did get to a point where we were like, come on. <laughs> the tension was rising. I, I, so it was on the regional sports network and ESPN three, neither of which I have access to as a YouTube TV subscriber based in Texas. So I was illegally streaming the game on first row sports, which worked very well for the first two and a half quarters, but then I got booted and I couldn't get back in. So I was following the fourth quarter on Twitter. And honestly, I'm thankful that I was because I think I would have been having some major anxiety watching that fourth quarter, but I was starting to feel it based on the tweets I was seeing. Like this isn't happening. There was some interesting clock management going on. We kept snapping the ball when there was like 20 seconds left on the play clock. And, it and was that almost like, really came back to haunt them because yeah. they, they needed to convert a couple third downs mm-hmm. on the following drive. After Virginia Tech cut it to one score, Miami then had to convert a couple third downs in order to put it away. And it, it got dicey, like you said, but the ESPN win probability feature never had less than 98% for Miami in, in that whole second half. So it probably wasn't quite as bad as it felt, but you know how fast that thing can turn. Uncle Mo. Yeah. Once Uncle Mo is in the building, (laughs) turned on. Who was not in the building after the third quarter was almost the entirety of the Virginia Tech student section. I didn't watch much football this Saturday. There there was a bunch of good games. Freed, how did we fare in the college football week that was? It was a pretty strong week, Alex. Danny Barry, our, our lovely guest, and I were on the exact same page, and we both went three and one. New Mexico screwed us, but we went three and one. Alex, you went two and two, which means I'm taking home the booch bet. Uh, that's all right. At least I lived to stay above 500. Ready? Here you go, Freedom, sending you the money. Ka-ching! This Saturday, six undefeated teams lost. We talked about a big game about undefeateds last week we had the three undefeated undefeated matchups so obviously we had losses coming (laughs) there something's got to give but we also had three other undefeated teams lose james madison went down not the dukes usc lost against the utah and coastal carolina also went down the chanticleers rats but last week was last week survive and move on well freed one of the big losses last week was uh the University of Alabama Crimson Tide, a former undefeated team who went down to the Tennessee Volunteers, Hendon Hooker, Hook'em Hooker, just as I predicted here on Booch Ball. You can run the tape back. And Freed, to talk about that and to drink some kombucha with us here today, we have from Sports Map, Cole Thompson. Hey, Cole. Hi, guys. Yeah, uh, definitely going to be a fun conversation to talk about Alabama. You know, my my college that lost, and uh, deservingly so. And uh, actually, I'm not bitter like most Alabama fans. So I'm very much an open book to where it's like, yeah, let's have a conversation. Let's uh, drink some ginger kombucha and uh, (laughs) 
Let's get this thing going, baby. <laughs> so this is kind of a role reversal of sorts. Usually we're the ones who come on here and it's like, well, Miami lost again. And now for the one or two times a decade, we got Cole here on the perfect time to <laughs> feel our pain. But I, I know you're handling this quite well. You, you've also been on the Hendon Hooker Express for many weeks now. So I guess let's just get it going. I think there's two things you can take away. If you look at it from a perspective of Tennessee, you finally have that moment where they can say, listen, we belong in that upper echelon category of college football playoff contenders. Culture is a big deal. Heupel was hired in February of the 2021 offseason. Like he did not have an offseason to build a recruiting class. He did not have an offseason to really put a roster together. He was kind of just told, hey, figure it out with the guys on Jeremy Pruitt's staff and then we'll go from there next year. And a year later, you're watching the players buy into what he's selling. You're also watching players accept that they have to have certain limited roles. And you're seeing this team not self-implode like they did last year. That's a huge plus for Tennessee. On the opposing side with Alabama, Alabama is undisciplined. Like there's no other way to put it. It feels like that the talent is there, but the coaching is off and that the discipline is off. And all the little things that you're supposed to learn and practice isn't unfolding. And that ultimately eventually led up and caught up with them. They were eventually going to lose a game. And ultimately, if you allow Hendon Hooker and Jalen Hyatt, who, by the way, if he does not get an NIL deal with that company, they are doing NIL completely wrong. If he does not get that done, uh, you do not need NIL anymore. Wait, with who? Hyatt. Hyatt Regency. Oh, Hyatt. Oh, Hyatt yeah. Regency. Oh, yeah. Hyatt. You know, you're flying Reason. high. Yeah. You, you know, you're resting on Jalen. I mean, let's be real because <laughs> because that was what Hendon Hooker was doing. He is resting on Jalen's hands to make those plays left and right. I think that when you look at that, if you allow a team to expose you, they're going to. And that's exactly what Tennessee did. They capitalized on all the penalties. They capitalized on the, you know, on the pass interferences. They capitalized on the false starts and they limited their own penalties as well. So it was a big, big win for Tennessee and take nothing away from that. But it was also a major wake-up call for a team like Alabama who has to get back on track this week against Mississippi State. I have nothing to add to that. So let's take a step back here because we are the only podcast on the internet talking kombucha and college sports. That means it's time for us to drink some booch, baby. Cole Thompson, welcome to Booch Ball. And Cole, just real quick, tell us about your bona fides here. Tell us about Sports Map and, uh, and why you have so much college football expertise. So I went to the University of Alabama, I graduated in 2016, and then I started doing freelance work while working at ESPN as a production assistant, got to meet with a lot of different people, and I worked both college football Saturdays, and then I would work Monday night football. So I got to hang out with guys like Greg McElroy and Desmond Howard and Kirk Herbstreit, and they gave me a lot of good knowledge and kind of told me the ins and outs of what the businesses were like as a PA. And eventually, I got my opportunity to start doing freelance work. Uh, for USA Today and then doing it for Sports Illustrated and then doing it for Fan Nation and Fan Sided and a few other websites. And then a buddy of mine just said, hey, listen, I've heard you on a podcast before. Would you want to audition to potentially be on radio? And I got my opportunity. And now I'm on just saying it from 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. Eastern time every single Monday through Friday. And I freelance still covering the SEC and primarily the Big 12 for FanNation.com, which is a website that's associated with Sports Illustrated. Beautiful. Well, what do you know about Booch? I've heard that it's very delicious and it's uh, got a little bit of like a spiciness to it. That's all I can say. This is the first time I've had kombucha in my entire life. Really? I'm not. This this is the first time. The ginger and lemon I'm I'm trying right now. I have the berry lemonade next, which was very exciting for me. Uh, yep. When Eric sent this to my house, I was looking at I was looking at him and I'm like, 
All right, ginger beer, ginger lemon got to taste like ginger beer. This is basically ginger beer that's good for your gut, which yeah. is awesome. Cole, you're drinking my favorite kombucha. That it's that so is, good, dude. That is my it's, go-to. I did not realize that kombucha was this good. I'm I, like Eric. Thank you. I'm gonna start drinking this a lot because I feel like that if you were to mi- use this as a mixer, like you're getting your gut check right, and you're also getting the little bit of carbonation. This could be a really fine mixer. Like, Dude, I was just at I was just at Whole Foods today and I sent Freed a picture of it, but there's they Health Aid is now making mixers. At a boy health there's aid. There's a Bra- Moscow Bra- mule mixer that I saw. I didn't pick it up this time, but uh I'll definitely be like, I don't have any vodka in my shelf yet, but once we I'm get not- freed, we're gonna have to do a boozy episode one of these days. We gotta do it. I've always loved a good, good Moscow mule. Like seeing kombucha now have that, dude, that's a game changer. Like that is a huge game changer. Bro, that's why we're getting in on the ground floor here with this kombucha. And yes, the healthy ginger lemon is good. But boys, not you, Cole, because you don't have it with you. But Freed, let's find out how the health aid guava dragon fruit is going to fare on this week. Any given booch ball. We're coming off last week our... One of our is it our lowest score ever that we've ever given Freed last week that we gave to the Brew Doctor Island Mango? Yeah, so that was two weeks ago. We gave the Brew Doctor Island Mango a very, very underwhelming score and ended up with the lowest average that we've given out on the show. Let me pull up the Bucha Big Board. Here. That was last week, though, right? That was week six. I love nah. that you guys have a Bucha Big Board. That makes me that makes me laugh. Oh yeah. Oh, it's fantastic. Um, we, we've got 41 kombuchas on the Bucha Big Board. Damn. And uh, no, last week we had uh, Danny Danny Berry and the... Oh, the lemon. Berry oh, lemonade. Cole's oh, second yeah. Bucha of the night was our Bucha last week. And the guava dragon fruit was a little bit hard to find. We're in mid-season form right now, and we just don't have time to, you know, chase down all these Buchas. So I got Cole set up with a couple other health aids, the OG lemon ginger and the berry lemonade from last week. Very excited right. to try this one. I'm, yeah. I'm almost done with the ginger, and I'm about ready to open up this bad boy. Well, without further ado here, let's bring on the first segment of Booch Ball, which is, of course, what we're drinking. What we're drinking. All right, let's get into this guava dragon fruit. So this is, I think this is, um, we've had guava in our kombucha two or three times now, and the first couple times we were trying to figure out what guava smelled like. I finally just went to the store and bought a guava last week. And now after eating and smelling guava for a couple of weeks, I can confirm this does smell like guava. This is definitely giving me the after dinner booch vibes. This is a fruity, sweet booch, guava and dragon fruit. And Looking at the the Health Aid branding on this, we see that they have their signature fruit cartoons. And these fruits look like they are about to get it on, baby. They look like a polyamorous couple who just spotted you from across the bar and is wondering if you're willing to be the unicorn in their uh, their couple. I'm surprised there's not an upside down pineapple on this label somewhere. Exactly. Swingers boots, you're saying? You're calling it as a swingers boots. All right, well, uh, let's go ahead and give this little boot a taste. Mine looks like a family is on it where you have a little berry child. Yeah, that's Uncle Lemon. That's Uncle Lemon? Okay, cool. Yeah. Is that yeah. Auntie Berry or is that a... Yeah, so we decided last week that the lemon is like the stoner uncle. 
Yeah. Okay, so he's wearing striped pants. I just realized. I thought he had like four legs. I was like very confused at that because you see no, the that, striped. That really contributes like... to his stoner uncle vibe. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, that that feels right about right. If I'm being mm-hmm. completely real, most most people I know have that type of pants. At least one pair. I need to get one. Uh-huh. All right, Freed, what are you tasting over there? Not tasting a whole lot in particular. It's just kind of sweet and fruity. Mm-hmm. This tastes like a strawberry-based smoothie. What I will say about it, and the thing about these kind of sweet booches, and GT's is especially guilty of this, but the little syrupy aftertaste that the extra sweet ones give you, and guava dragon fruit, dangerously sweet combination. I'm getting that, like, sometimes it, like, the film... The film forming on the top yeah. of my on my tongue right now. It's a dessert booch. Guava or dragon fruit? Do you know? Do we know what we're tasting here? Yeah, I've had dragon fruit before. I've never. I've smelt guava. I don't know if I've ever had it. It, it like okay. It smells like Hawaii. <laughs> ah, tourism, gross. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so, what does a dragon fruit taste like though? Berry is like the best way I can put it. Delicious. All right, gang. Well, we're drinking some. Some sweet booches over here. We're drinking the lemon berry a little bit delayed. Health aid, guava, dragon fruit. We have unleashed the guava dragon here on Booch Ball. It is now time for us to dig a little bit deeper into the college football world. It's now time for what we're thinking. What we're thinking. So, Cole, we're going to do a little bit of a play off of your sports map radio show, and we're going to introduce a quick segment called Geographied, where we're going to take a look at the map (laughs) of college football. I like that, actually. That's clever, dude. Very clever. I loved it when he said that. That's actually very clever. I LOL'd when he told me what the segment was called. Oh, God. (laughs) We'll start with an easy one for you guys. We're talking FBS college teams here. Which team has the most miles to travel in their 2022 road or neutral site game schedule. The first one that's coming to mind is Michigan State because I know they had to go from East Lansing all the way out to Seattle, Washington to face off against the Huskies. And that's over a thousand miles. But man, there's some teams that are just like base, basically like if you go like Rutgers or you go like Penn State and they have to travel just straight across to the heartland of the Midwest, like those are just normal games. I'm going to go with the wild card. I'm going to say Maryland. Freedom, am I allowed to guess Hawaii? Of course. Oh, son of a gun. And I'll guess Hawaii. Son of a gun. Speaking of guava and dragon fruit. Yeah, Hawaii is the right answer. They (laughs) travel 3,000 miles for every single road game. But I actually figured y'all would both get this. So the real question is, who's next? So I was was going to say Rutgers. So we have Rutgers and Maryland. That's interesting. Those are both incorrect. Uh, This is actually pretty surprising to me, but the second most well-traveled team for the 2022 season is FIU, Florida International. They truly are an international program. Outside of Florida every single week. That's a lot of traveling to not win any games. Yeah. And so FIU hosts Florida Atlantic this year. So that's a home game for them. And so to round out the top five of those teams, the most well-traveled is in third place, Western Kentucky. They actually had to travel for seven games. That's kind of why they made the list. Fourth, New Mexico State. That That one makes some sense. 
these that's are it, all, these they, are all they, on FIU's con- like schedule. <laughs> all these teams. So I just realized that the Conference USA and like Sun Belt, they're all Huge. spread out. They're yeah. so big. Like I, I, I completely spaced on the Sun Belt because they go all the way from Texas up yeah. into West Virginia. So it's like they're all across, and I'm a, and I completely spaced on that. Why I don't know why I was thinking that. Fly over country. And then fifth is Nebraska. And the reason they're so high they is they had to go to Ireland. They had to go to Ireland. Ireland. Right. I almost guessed them simply because of that. I was like this <laughs> close totally to being like, about that. I was like, yeah, do I, do I, what, is it, is, are we including the international game or not? Like that was like the thing that stopped. That's where Florida international should play. Florida international should be booking all of these, you know, so they should be playing in Mexico. Hawaii has to travel further than the distance from Nebraska to Ireland for every single one of their games which is pretty insane. Makes you really understand why teams sometimes struggle when they get to Hawaii. <laughs> Dude, I would never want to play out there. I'm sorry. Like, I, I wouldn't. Oh, God, no. Like, just been a bye week out there, but nothing more. I mean, like, it, it was funny because, like, everyone was talking about, like, how Nebraska had to go up on a Monday to Ireland to get their bodies right for that game. Yeah. They, they, they went through the entire process of doing online classes for a week and they went through uh staying in the hotels right. stuff. yeah online yeah they went through the classes. hotels right. and they went through the practices at the at the complex <laughs> and they try to get them on a sleep schedule and then everyone was like oh well they'll come back and they'll play really competitive football against north dakota and i was like one of the only people who said dude they were just on international travel for an entire week they got to get their bodies right they're gonna struggle against north dakota and they did up until the fourth quarter so let's look at the, uh, the opposite side here. Any guesses for the least traveled team this season? Ooh. Can I ask for a hint? And if I get it, if, I, if I'm right, I, I'll just guess right then and there. Are they in the SEC? It is the SEC. Yeah, okay, I know oh, it. I know it. I know good. it. Very good call. I, I think it is because they have eight home games. Is it Texas A&M? No, I say no. You can't beat the Texas team. No, they still have a lot of ground to cover. Okay, I'm gonna say, let's see. You still have like so. I'm trying to think of like the the corners. So Texas A&M. I want to pick the most central location, which to me is Georgia and Alabama. So I'm actually gonna say Auburn. That's correct. Damn. <laughs> Damn. I thought you were going to say Auburn. I, th- I thought I could see your mouth like forming like a, a, a but you were going A&M and I was like, oh, he's about to say Auburn. Like, yeah, it's definitely. Auburn. So that was my next guess. Actually, four, Auburn was my next guess. Four road games this season. I'm shocked at that one. I was when I saw the schedule for that, I was like, Damn. They're going to let Brian Harson go out in such terrible fashion in front of his fan base every <laughs> single week. God bless. <laughs> so Auburn's longest travel is to Ole Miss. I mean, take a bus. Three hours. Three, three, three hours and 15 minutes. That is nothing. And then a quick honorable mention, the second least traveled team is Virginia Tech. They actually have six road games, but they're all so close. They played they play on the, the road Old Dominion, Old Dominion yeah. on the road at Liberty, two out-of-conference in-state games for them. And then the ACC with with their positioning, they just don't have to go very far. Interesting. Well, I had to go pretty far to get down to Blacksburg uh, this past weekend. I had to drive eight and a half hours there and back. You're a trooper. I'm very well traveled this year. <laughs> <laughs> Let's we'll continue with some geography then. I'm winning two nothing, by the way. I know he is. <laughs> 
I, okay. I, I was stupid because I wanted Hawaii was stupid. I should have guessed that. That first one's under protest, though, because Freed, when Freed sent me these originally, you said, which team has the most travel miles? And then, and then you said second most because Hawaii is definitely going to be the one. Uh, so, yeah, but we can cut that. I totally nailed it. <laughs> the show notes. So when we talk about FBS football teams, the state that has by far the most FBS teams is Texas, which has 12. What state do you think has the next most football teams in the FBS? I know it's not California. Everyone wants to say it's California. I know it's not California. It's I not know it's not that. I think yeah. it's, I think I know the answer. I think I have, a, I have a guess. I don't think it's Florida. I think it's on that side. I think it's Virginia. I got to say Florida. So Florida has seven, which is tied with California. Not correct. Wait, Virginia is it like has Ohio? Five. Is it Ohio? It is Ohio. Yeah. What are they? Nine? Fucking Eight. Ohio. Fucking Eight. That's it. <sighs> Hold on. And I can, and I can, I think I can go through. Hold up. In yeah. Ball State. No, because Ball State's Indiana, but it's Bowling Green. It's Ohio. It's Ohio State. It's um, uh, Toledo. It's it's a bunch of MAC teams and uh, that's what I'm saying. They're, oh, Cincinnati! There we go. That's one. Wow. I know I'm missing. You're missing Kent State. And... That's it. Miami of Ohio. That was the one I was missing. Because I oh Akron. Akron was the one I was yes. also forgetting. The Zips. The Zips. Can't, can't forget about the Kangaroos. That's right. <laughs> By the way, why not just call yourself the Kangaroos? Like why? Why the Zips? It doesn't make sense. I don't it's know. The, I've never looked into that. It's it's the like like at least the rockets are the rockets and it's a mascot of a rocket like it's a, it's a kangaroo and it's, it's like oh my god is that kind of like like I'm not even familiar with what you're talking about is is the kangaroo like their logo yeah so it it, it, it like the Z and the logo is part of the tail then you see like the head kind, kind of, of ironic that you as an Alabama grad are calling that out the ele- Mr Elephant. <laughs> hey, there's a story behind it. There was a sea of crimson, and they right. were moving and like I'm sure elephants. There's no story behind the Akron Zips. Zips, a Zippo lighter. You know, a kangaroo stole it for me one night. There we go. That's how I got started. Did you know Love Zips it. is Zips is also a derogatory slur by Italian American and Sicilian American mobsters in reference to newer immigrant Sicilian and Italian mafiosi? Fucking no. Zips, beautiful. Hey, how you doing you fucking Zip? There you go. I don't know how big the Italian American population is out in Akron, but there's not a lot of bergs out there either. I bet. Who are you calling Zip? <laughs> <laughs> well, it was a great week here in geography. Alex takes home the win. <laughs> it's slightly under review. There may have been some show notes involved on Hawaii. Maybe. Nice. Who knows? Peter. Cole Thompson is putting Booch Ball on the sports map. We've told you what we're thinking. Geographied, the I think inaugural episode of Geographied. Well done, Freed. We've told you what we're drinking: the Health Aid Guava Dragon Fruit. I think it's time for us to pop in real quick on the Bucha Barometer and take a deeper dive into what makes this kombucha tick. Bucha Barometer. Let's let's check out the ingredients here. What are we missing? It's a ten percent juice, pink guava puree white guava puree dragon fruit puree and that's it there's a lot of puree in here that's why it tastes like uh tastes like the bottom it tastes like a smoothie 
this is what it is, Freed. It's a lot of popsicle. It's popsicle sweet. Yeah. That's what this is. I was going to go with hard candy, like a gobstopper. Yeah. I think that's been our complaint about guava. Is that what you're picking up on that berry lemonade there, Cole, too? No, but gobstoppers, dude, there's no flavor to them. Like they're like everlasting gobstoppers. <laughs> the only thing that's lasting about it is that there's never been flavor added to it. It's disgusting entirely. Everlasting. Everlasting pure pain of just nothing that you taste nothing. I think gobstoppers is a uh, roll doll Willy Wonka invention. I'm pretty sure that's part of that. Yeah, it's Willy Wonka. Right? Yeah. How did that uh, work? How, how did who someone had to have licensed that, right? To get no, they, access they, they, to the Willy Wonka name? No, they made a Wonka company. Like, but for, who's for, getting paid off of that? Is what I want oh, to know. Is shit. Roll Dolls Family Trust getting residuals from sales of Willy Wonka candy? Gotta be. Anyways, we've told you what we're drinking: the Health Aid Guava Dragon Fruit. Told you what we're thinking. We've scoured the sports map in search of geographied. It is now time for the third and final segment of Booch Ball. Who we're picking? Who we're picking? Well, we've got a slate lined up. It's time to see who's going to earn the golden ticket. Very good. <laughs> Very good, Freed. Freed's on it today. Cole, uh, we're using the spreads that I sent you a couple of days ago, even though they probably changed a little bit, but we like a good early spread. That's what she said. <laughs> Two undefeated teams going at it again this week. Syracuse heading down to Western South Carolina to face Clemson. Clemson's favored by 13 points. Let's start with Alex. Who are you picking? It's the battle of the oranges here, Freed. Rare undefeated matchup between Syracuse and Clemson. And something's got to give. And Freed, when you're Syracuse going on the road to play Clemson, I think it's going to be Syracuse that gives. I hope it's fun, but I'm picking Clemson. I think they're going to wipe the floor with Syracuse. Okay, here's the thing. Clemson needs to win this game, and they basically, unless they self-implode or DJ Uangala gets hurt, they're going to probably be undefeated going to Charlotte. The thing is, is that when you look at a team like uh, Syracuse, they rank top 10 in total defense, and they rank top 10 in scoring defense. They're holding opponents to 16.4 points per game. But then you look at the opponents, and you're like, okay, well, let's look at their offenses. They have not faced an offense this year that is over the likes of 30th in total offense and in scoring and scoring offense. So when you add that into the docket as well, that factors in. I think Syracuse covers. I think Syracuse beats the spread at, thir- at, at minus 13. But, no, I'm, I'm picking Clemson to win. All right, so even though you guys picked different teams on the spread, you kind of agreed on the analysis, and I'm with you. I think if Syracuse wasn't coming in as a highly ranked undefeated team, they would have a chance to kind of sneak one on Clemson. And I think Syracuse, you know, they're not bad. They're, they're obviously way better than anyone expected them to be. But this, to me, seems like the game that Clemson – kind of finds themselves and really puts one together because they haven't really been impressive in their wins. And I think they understand at this point that they have a great chance to make the playoffs, but they got to start doing more. And I think Clemson is going to lay the hammer this game. So I'm taking them to cover. All right. All right. Moving on down to your favorite conference here, Cole, we've got Ole Miss, the Rebs minus 1.5. 
traveling to Death Valley, taking on LSU. It was funny to me because of you guys are talking about this. The line has changed. It's now plus one and a half for Ole Miss. LSU is now favored as an unranked team. And I thought it was a typo earlier today. Oh, yeah. No, I, I legitimately thought yesterday when I saw the line, I was like, that's a typo. And I saw it this morning when I was doing a bit on uh, Ole Miss, and I was talking to them, and I was like, hold on, that's not a typo. Like, I'm seeing that on FanDuel. I'm seeing that on DraftKings. Like, everywhere is saying Ole Miss is the underdog in Death Valley. And it's like, can we admit that Ole Miss might be the most underappreciated team in college football when it comes to the college football playoff contenders? Because they're undefeated. They have an opportunity, I think, to go into Alabama on November 12th and still be undefeated to force that game to be a must-win situation for Alabama. They're playing good offensive football. I mean, like, Jackson Dart last year was really, really good in a limited role at USC, and he hasn't done shit because he hasn't had to because they have such good running back play for the likes of Ole Miss with Zach Evans and Quentin Judkins. Like, like Henry, uh, Henry Harry Paris Jr. left yeah, the team. The best and, running back for Miami was and, a afterthought. Everyone <laughs> was just like, oh, he's an afterthought here because if he can't get on the field, it's like, he was not going to get on the field this year because of Judkins. Like he, like he had to know like, Oh shit, this kid's going to come in and do it. So it's like, but death Valley is weird. I'm going to take Ole Miss. Like, I, like, I feel like this is not the week where they fall apart. I feel like that there's been so much inconsistency with Jaden Daniels at LSU. And the main thing with him is that he plays too safe. Like every single play is just like a quick little dink pass, little dunk pass, little short, short, short. And he's not taking the risk downfield, which was a good thing because if he wasn't having turnovers, but you need that explosivity if you want to set the tone in the likes of the SEC. And they haven't shown that. They did last week against Florida. But can they do it at home in front of a fan base? I don't think so. I'm going to roll with the Rebels. I think they're going to stay undefeated for another week. I don't pretend to be knowledgeable about the SEC because, you know, we're we're ACC homers. Uh, a little bit on the Big 12 side, too, with my, my Texas Tech heritage as well. Um, so when I look at this game, I kind of just look at the coaching matchup. And I think year one, Brian Kelly versus Lane Kiffin tenured there now. And Cole, you don't know this, but Alex and I have been on the lane train for a long time. I'm going with Ole Miss. I'm right there with you, brother. I got the Rebs in this one. Not liking the fact that the, that the spread is switched to LSU. Yeah, it almost seems like, you know, uh, Vegas knows something that I'll we don't. Take them. I'm going to take them 1.5. Two Death Valley games to start the slate. How about that? Let's move west. UCLA still undefeated. Dorian Thompson-Robinson leading the charge, but they're the underdogs against Oregon, who has six points. Who are you picking here, Cole? It's interesting for me because, like, I really want to see UCLA do it. They have the established talent. They have the veteran quarterback. They have the veteran running back. They have the veteran coach they should be good enough to go ahead and play against anybody. And they have so far. Like, like this is one of the better teams when it comes to physicality inside the Pac-12. And nobody talks about them because they're the other team out in LA. And what's really funny is that they're going to go to the Pac, they're going to go to the Big Ten where like it's sold out crowds and they can barely get 30,000 fans to fill the Rose Bowl <laughs> on weekends. So great Big Ten football coming to Los Angeles anytime soon. Um. This comes down, in my opinion, to Bo Nix. Can he limit the turnovers? Because of when he does not have a turnover, he looks phenomenal. <sighs> I'm going to take UCLA with the points. I think Oregon might win. Because I'm coming home again. In home again. Oh, it's our old friend Chip Kelly. 
Hmm, Freed, very interesting. A very interesting statement type game for Chip Kelly's little program over there in UCLA. I think I agree with Cole on this one. I think Oregon's probably going to win. I'm picking UCLA. That's the second situation after we were talking about Josh Heupel. It makes me feel a lot better about Mario Cristobal's year zero. You know, it just takes a little while sometimes to find their footing. But I follow Dorian Thompson Robinson's mom on Twitter and been seeing a lot of UCLA pro Dorian stuff recently because she retweets everything. And maybe that's corrupted me. But PR has <laughs> been on our radar for five years now because he was Brevin Jordan's quarterback in high school. So I've been ah. a fan of him for a long time. Um, and yeah, I'm going with UCLA to cover. I think it's going to go wire to wire, just like USC, Utah. And uh, hopefully we'll get a close one. All right. We're not going back to Ohio, but we're going to be following a team from Ohio in this week's sediment pick, where we scrape the bottom of the kombucha and college sports barrel. Toledo at Buffalo. And before we make our pick, it's time for us to say goodbye to the health aid Guava dragon fruit. Unleash the dragon. <sighs> Very drinkable, Booch. All right, Freed, let's start with you. Who do you got? Have you seen the uniforms Buffalo is going to be wearing this weekend? They got some sweet throwback threads. And for that reason alone, I'm taking Buffalo. Love it. Cole? Alito is the 58th ranked. Uh, total defense, scoring defense in college football. Buffalo is 55th. They're allowing about 24.8 points. Toledo is the bottom dwellers when it comes to total offense. I am going to take the Bison to win this one. Well, just to be different from you guys, I'm going to take the Rockets. We had a lot of Ohio talk on today's episode, so I'm sticking with the boys in blue. Yeah, Buffalo has been... (laughs) overperforming relative to their uh, stats this year, which is probably why Vegas has them as such heavy home dogs. But uh, we'll see if they can keep the trend going. Four picks. We got time for one more, arguably the most important pick of the week. Of course, we're talking Duke at Miami. Oh Over my God, I one. forgot about that. <laughs> we, do, we like to do a full score prediction because we don't really care if Miami covers. We just want to make sure that they win. All right, so Duke, another preseason ACC bottom feeder who surprised a few folks in year zero of the Mike Elko era. Heading down to Miami. I'm nervous. How are you feeling about this one, Alex? I'm a non-biased party in this. You know, I don't have any allegiances. I'm a sports journalist. (laughs) And, you know, my integrity means everything to me. (laughs) And for that reason... Duke will travel down to Miami and win 27 to 24. That's how you hedge your bets, folks. Totally unemotional take. That was very unemotional. That <laughs> I, 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 I felt nothing on that. <laughs> well, he's a nihilist. Just a vacuum. Yep. I feel pretty similar to last week's game about this one. Last week, we played a bad team in Virginia Tech, but it was on the road. And I felt like Miami was going to win, but I didn't think it would be easy. And I, I predicted 24 to 21 last week. And 
If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Miami 24-21 over Duke. It's not going to be easy, but I think they can pull another one out. TVD seems to be back on track. What do you think about this one, Cole? This comes down to one player, and it has nothing to do with Miami. It has everything to do with Duke. It comes down to Riley Leonard, and Riley Leonard has been a really interesting quarterback. If they can stop Riley Leonard on third down, because he has been really clean cut on third down. He keeps drives alive. I think that you'll see Miami win this game. I think that Tyler Van Dyke has probably one of his better outings. I'll go 31-20. So I'm not so worried about Riley Leonard from the air. I'm more worried about him from the ground. But Miami did do a pretty good job of keeping Drake May in the pocket and check on the running game. So I think that'll be a big key for them. But against the spread, Duke 1-10 in in their last 11 games. And 7 of 8 unders have hit for Duke. Uh, which is part of the reason why I'm going so low below the Vegas total. Let me caveat that with Miami is 0-5 against the spread against FBS teams this season. (laughs) So something's got to give. Two strong programs. All right. Well, the college football picks are in. Freed, this is what I thought you were talking about before. This is, in my opinion, the most important pick of the show. It is time for us to give our final Bucha Barometer rating. To the health aid, guava dragon fruit. I'll show you how it's done. Guava dragon fruit. It's a little bit too tart and sweet for me. It tastes like a typical GT's. Very strongly fruity, very acidic. It's very drinkable. I don't have any issues with it. You could probably make a mean booch mosa with this bad boy. Mm. But by itself, it's just a little overpowering. I'm going to stick with one of my favorite numbers and keep it simple. How about a 5.5? All right. Very good, Freed. Yeah, I was in that kind of five range, the wood drink it. Um, but to your point, yeah, it's it's uh, it could be an interesting little mixer. It's sweet. It's too much. It's healthy trying to, I think, chase the GT's uh, super sweet soda vibe. Like this just tastes like like a soda. Basically, I don't feel like it's giving me any health benefits. I might buy it again. And so I'm going to give it a straight up six. All right. So, Cole, you got the two other health aids. You got the ginger lemon and the berry lemonade. And I know these were your first kombuchas, so you don't have a ton to go off of. But go with your gut. How do these sit with you? Well, we're going to find out in probably 30 minutes or less, hopefully. (laughs) So there we go. Start there. Um, Let's start with ginger lemon. Here's the thing. It's like an old reliable. This should be like the one, if you're trying to introduce someone to kombucha, this is the one I I would recommend. It's tart, but it's also got a nice acidity to it. So it's not as if it's overpowered. I think that it's right dab in the middle. I will go 7.1. You want to drink it. You'd recommend it to somebody and you'd make sure that you'd buy it again. I think this would be a really nice pairing for vodka to make some type of like a Moscow mule or like a spritzer. This would be something that you'd want to mix in with it. The berry lemonade is interesting because of, I didn't taste the berry, but what I did taste was the acidity of a lemonade to where if you mixed it with vodka and maybe you added in like a couple of berries on top, you could get a very nice punch from it. So as an overall mixture, I would say about a 6.9 because it's nice. nice. It's just nice. Well said. Nice, nice analysis there, Cole. I think I gave it a 6.9 as well, Freed, no? 
Alex did give it a 6.9. I gave it a 6.4. Let's see what we gave the uh, the ginger lemon way back in the day. I gave gave it a 7.5, and Alex gave it an 8.5. As he said, his favorite booch. That's my favorite booch. I'm telling you guys right now, this is the one you need to recommend to people. Like, if anybody's, like, trying to try booch, and they're like, oh, you know, I'm not really sure. Ginger lemon, it's clean. It's to the point. It's medicine. That's what that is. I say medicine. It, it, it's going to tell you what kombucha is what, mm-hmm. and, and there's no flashiness to it. It's just like, Hey, I'm going to try some kombucha. Boom. There you go. And I just <laughs> it everywhere. Well, there you go. Well, Freed, the polls are in. It's time for us to unveil the fourth member of Booch Ball on today's episode. It is old reliable. The ETF five bot. Beep, boop, 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 beep, boop, boop. The average score for the health aid guava dragon fruit. 5.75. All right. 5.75. Continuing a thread here on Boochball. I'm wondering how this is going to fare with Boochball going forward, where we've kind of knocked out the old reliable standbys with the Health Aid Ginger Lemons and the GT trilogies of the world. We're now kind of veering off as these kombucha companies start making more crazy flavor combinations maybe overdoing it to a bit we've definitely the the season has trended down uh compared to i think some of our our other seasons yeah so this guy slots right into 36th place on the booch of big board not so great for the record number one overall leader is another health aid the pomegranate we're gonna have to revisit that one freed Hopefully your gut would thank you later if you drank all of them again the second time. Stay regular. All in one night, too. Like, let's be real. Like, if you drank them all in one night, because you can't just open it and then put it back in the fridge. Like, you got to drink it fully through. So That's true. I'm going to become a kombucha at some point, you know, just eventually. I'm just going to be pumped, become fused in my DNA. Slowly but surely, Cole, we are going to start to change your DNA and turn you into a kombucha lover. Thank you for joining us here on Booch Ball. Featuring Cole Thompson, who amongst his many freelance activities is currently a sports radio host for Sports Map. Cole, where can the good boochies of the world follow you and all of your college football and outside expertise? Well, you can listen to the show every single day on podcast form on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you get your podcast listening systems. You can always give me a follow on Twitter at Mr. Cole Thompson. I'll do it right now. Cole Thank you for joining us here on Booch Ball. Any given Booch Ball, folks. The Health Aid, Guava, Dragon Fruit. Freed, what do we got coming up next week? Halloween special featuring fan favorites, the Kombucha Girls. Boo! Oh, my. Oh, it's a Kombucha. Oh, Kombucha. Oh, shit. <laughs> Gotta write that one down. All right, boys. Cole, thank you for joining us. Boochies, we love you. And as always... Stay cultured. Peace. Booch. We playing booch ball.